Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. If you can, grab your Bibles, and uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Did you know a few things about your body? There are 11 major systems in your body. 11. There are five main organs everybody talks about. Some will say skin is six, and that's cool. But there's, there's so many more. There's, the scientists I read said that there's 74 other organs that have to play a role to keep you healthy. There are major ones, but then there's lots of other smaller ones. And they all come together to play a role to keep you healthy. There are 206 bones in the average adult human body. And I say adult because apparently there are more when you're born, but some fuse together. Those of you that are doctors and nurses in here, you're going to correct me on all this later. I'm aware. There are 37.2 trillion cells in the human body. The cool thing about the cells is they, they die off and replicate. So like you are a part of the matrix. Like your entire existence wasn't who you are. Think about that. That's wild. Like you are not you. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to get. You are a, a walking sermon illustration. You're a walking sermon illustration. Because when God talks about the church, he talks about the church as the body. And so every day when you're brushing your teeth, you can look and you just say, wow, that's cool. Like I'm a part of the body of Christ. And, and Christ is the head of the church. But all of us, we're connected in so many ways, but we are the body of Jesus Christ. And so today I want to talk to you, and in this series I want to talk to you about being the body of Jesus Christ. Much of which we just talked about has to do with being the body of Christ. This is why we should love and value the local church. It's not just because we should judge and, and look at the person down the row and decide whether or not we like them, whether or not they're popular, whether or not they have the same economic status, whether or not we can relate to them and sing the same songs. That is shallow. What we should be doing is realizing that, wow, they're a part of the same body I'm a part of. And so when I lock eyes with a believer, when I lock eyes with somebody who has surrendered to Jesus Christ and allowing Christ to lead them in their lives, I'm a part of them and they're a part of me because we're in the same body of Jesus Christ. It should cause us to value the church, not this church or, or that church, but the church, the universal church. The church of Jesus Christ, we should value it. Because if you're in that and I'm in that, the scripture says that we're a part of the same body. So much so that when you hurt, I hurt. And when you celebrate, I'm supposed to celebrate. And so as the body of Jesus Christ, I should value the local church. This is why this idea of like I'm spiritual, but I'm not a part of any church. It's, it's garbage. It's not the way God designed it. For us to just float and become an orphan. God doesn't have any orphans. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one, your physical body, and has many members or parts, and all the members of the body, though many, they are one body. So it is. Look at this. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit. Everybody say one. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into what? 
one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, meaning your position or your disposition in the world, it does not make you less a part of the body. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you've been through, how much money you have, how educated you are, how uneducated you are, no matter what society says, no matter what the left or the right says about you on TV, it doesn't matter. You are a part of this body of Christ. Christ is the great equalizer. And all were made to drink of one spirit. We jotting notes, write this down. In Christ, we are one united body. Whether you like it or not, if you claim Christ, if you say Christ is the head of me, you cannot have a faith that is just isolated apart from your brother or sister. We in the West have lost this principle. The Eastern church really gets it better. The African church really gets this better. The Latin American church really gets this better than we do. But in, in the West, we kind of get this individualistic picture of what it means to be a Christian. Which means my personal salvation, my walk with God, my devotional time, me, 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 me. And as a result, we're missing out on the very picture of the church that Jesus came, lived, and died for. You and I are not just individualistic, selfish, end-of-the-road type of believers. We're not cul-de-sac Christians. We're not called to be that. You're not called to be isolated and say that you just got your own direct line to heaven and no thank you to everyone else. No, no, no. You are a part of a body, whether you want to or not. Now, here's the problem. Some of us, even though we're a part of this body, we are like a, a limp toe. Like we, we just don't, we don't participate. We're not acting like we're connected. We just have to be drug around everywhere. Like we're a part of the body, whether we want to or not, but we participate like nothing. And as a result, the body itself doesn't get to live in its full function. The body of Christ does not get to work itself out. Why? Because we have so many people in the Western church that live an isolated Christian existence where they make up whatever God wants them to that day. They're not getting corrected. They're not getting taught. They're not serving and loving others. They're not living sacrificially to help any other soul. And so as a result, they say, hey, I'm spiritual. I'm just not religious. Or, I don't want to be a part of the organized church. Can you imagine if your right arm said, you know, I'm not going to be part of the organized body. In fact, that's what happens. It's called disease. Right? When your body starts to reject itself. That's disease, and that part of the body quickly dies. But Jesus said, you know what? When you're in me and I'm in you, you're in this body, and I'm the head of the thing. Not Tolly Wilgus, not the elders of Captivate, not the Pope, not whatever who it is. Jesus is the head of it all. But Jesus establishes structure and systems so that the whole body can be healthy. But so many people that trust in Jesus don't trust in what Jesus established. 
And how you can say I trust Christ for all of my salvation, the very breath in my lungs, but I don't trust the very system that he designed me to be a part of. I don't trust my neighbor. I don't trust uh, my pastor or elders. I don't trust any of this. I'm just going to live and love and be myself. But Jesus said, no, no, no. Like, I've made the body. And what you need to do is to look and say, is this body functioning as the scriptural body? So many of you have told me one of the things that you love about Captivate is simply that you, you can look in the Bible and find out what Captivate thinks. <laughs> like, you don't have to have some secret meeting with, with, with a few elders to find out where we stand on stuff. You can just open up the Word of God. But I think so many of us, we're disconnected from the body, but we think we're healthy. If we are a healthy body, we work together to bring Christ to life. If we're a healthy body, we'll work together to bring Christ to life. There are people that, that can't see Christ. They, they live their whole lives and they go about their business and they, they work real hard and they love their family. They do the best they can, but they don't see Jesus Christ in this world. All they see is the shootings and all they see is the violence and all they see is the drugs and all they see is the politicians yelling at each other. And, and they just sit back and they just go, I just don't see God in all this. Church, we are the body of Jesus. We are the ones that are supposed to be. In John 17, Jesus prayed to the Father and he said, Father, let them be one just as you and I are one. Let them be so united with each other that when the rest of the unbelieving world looks, they'll look in and say, what's different? Well, what's different is those people love like Jesus because those people are the body of Christ. If we're healthy, we'll work together to bring Christ to life. Verse 12 goes on. For just as the body is one and has many members or parts and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. Just as the body is one and there are many different parts. What does this have to do for you and me? How do we think about this? Most of us, we are taught when we're young, this is what successful is. This is what strong is. This is what your dad did. This is what your mom did. And as a result, from the time we were babies, we're looking around saying, okay, what am I supposed to be? What is healthy? What is successful? What is strong? What is a man? What is a woman? And we're always looking around. And what happens is then we get into Christ and we're just like, okay, what does a good Christian look like? And so it's kind of vague. And so we see a guy over here and we're like, okay, they seem to love Jesus. I'm going to try to do what they're doing. And she seems to love Jesus. I'm going to do what she's doing. But at the end of the day, there is a uniqueness about you that is not a problem to the local church. It is a gift of the local church. At the end of the day, you've got a mature pastors watching how other people live and start to realize that you, my friend, are a gift to the body of Christ. We don't need more arms. We've already got two. We don't need more legs. We don't need more particular toes. What we need is you. What we need is your uniqueness, risen up in fullness, trusted in Christ, surrendered in the Lordship of Jesus, living out your joyous life for others to see. That's what we need is you. Your uniqueness is not 
a problem. In Christ, our diversity is a divine design. In Christ, our diversity is divine design. This is why I love the fact that you could come into our church and look around and talk to people and find out where they're from. And even if they have similar skin tones, they don't have the same story. But we have people from literally different continents all around the world that attend here, and I absolutely love it. The fact that we're in East Baltimore, I love it. The fact that we're in Dundalk, I love it. The fact that we're in East Africa, I love it. We have a presence in all these places. I love it, love it, love it. Why? Because the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, our diversity is not a disadvantage or a problem. We don't need everybody to be like each other. We need to realize that our diversity is God's divine design. And as a result, I love the fact that you're not like me. I don't want you to be like me. Christy doesn't want you to be like me. But here's the thing. Some of us, we just go, well, I, don't, I can't use my gifts like that person. And I'm not really interested really in the, the arts like that person. And I can't sing. I wish I could sing like that person. And I, and I, and I really don't do tech. And, I do, and we spend more time trying to figure out how we're disqualified from the body rather than asking the Lord to show us what part of the body we play. And if every single one of us would say, look, God, I'm uniquely designed by you. I have unique attributes and talents and gifts and strengths. I have a unique story. And out of 7.4 billion people on the planet, I got a feeling that if I was surrendered to you, you could use a guy or a girl like me. And with that confidence, and you a part of the body, you help us to share this gospel message of light and hope and love and truth to the world around you. So just because you don't look like someone else, or just because someone else doesn't look like you, I... I don't even care. We have people in this church, several people, where, where English is the second or third language. I don't say that's a problem. I say, let's go. I say, let's figure out how we could use all of this for the glory of God. Our diversity is God's design. I want you to look at your neighbor. Find somebody down the road from you and just say, I want you to tell them, you matter to me. Don't let, don't, this isn't your dating time. So no boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Find somebody else and just be like, you know what? You matter to me. You matter. Look them in their eyes. Seriously. It sounds corny and it feels corny. Uh, you matter to me. You matter to me. And, and here's the thing. I want you to, to really own that. I know it's awkward when the pastor tells you to do it. And it's like, wow, we have, we've tried really hard all service to just stare forward. Because like you sat here and I wasn't expecting anyone to sit here. But we've got to get to the place to where we say, you know what? You matter to me. You matter to me. I don't know your story. I don't know where you're from. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. You matter to me. Because we're a part of this body together. And your well-being and your welfare, you being taken care of, you being joyful, you being happy, that matters to me. Because we as a body can't do what God's called us to do fully unless we all are um, matter to each other, unless we all are connected, unless we're all marching and doing the things that Christ called us to. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I want you to highlight that, circle that, bite your finger right with blood. I want this to go to every per Christian that you know, or somebody that calls himself a Christian. They go, well, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I, I'm not into organized religion. It's just, it's just me. 
me and God, me and God, me and God. No, no, I'm sorry, my friend. The body doesn't consist of one member. You're a part of something, whether you want to be or not. Welcome to the party. And can I tell you another reason that I'm big on making sure we have diversity is uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think that the win for, for monolithic living is to go find other people that are just like you and then hang out with them and call that diversity. Like, I don't think that's how it works. I think the idea is that God has designed us and called us to reach out across from every boundary and find people that we can love that we normally wouldn't think we could. I mean, good night. Do you know many people who've learned to love me, even though I was so hard to love at the beginning? In Christ, we are individuals, but we're not only individuals. I want you to understand that. In Christ, yes, you're an individual. You've ever, you've ever heard the expression, the preacher will be like, you know what? And if, if, if it was only you that Jesus had to die for, he still would have died. Doesn't that sound real spirit? Doesn't that sound real cool? It's like, who, me? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's like, what a crock. He didn't, the point is, he didn't. The point is, he didn't just die for Dolly. He didn't just die just for you. The moment we get that etched into our, our soul, like, oh, I, my God would have just died for me if it was all me. That's crazy. Like, number one, I don't even know where it is biblically. It's just not there. It's just some preacher thought that would be a cool thing, and then other preacher's like, yeah, it makes people feel loved. No, it makes them selfish. No, Jesus didn't just die for you, bro. You're a part of a family. Like, the other people matter too. And we've got to get over this idea that, that well, I'm unique. Yeah, you're, you're unique like everyone else. That's how unique you are. Well, I'm special. Yes, you really are. And so is the person sitting next to you. Well, I've gone through a unique story. Uh, yeah. And so is the person next to you. As soon as we get, get rid of the idea of the other, it allows some terrible theology and some terrible thoughts to creep into our mind because we start to believe that seriously, this whole existence is all about us. Our fulfillment, our happiness, our joy, me, 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 me. And when we live that way, we begin to act that way. And when we begin to act that way, we begin to vote that way, we begin to associate with people that way, we begin to hang out or not hang out with people that way, because we say it's all about me at the end of the day. But my friends, it's not. When you are in Christ, you are a part of the body of Christ, and, and it's not just Captivate, it's not just Baltimore, it's not just the United States of America. Everybody needs to be clear. You become part of a body that is global and eternal. All past, all people, all shapes and sizes, all tribe and tongue. And we're going to be there. And the scripture says we're all going to bow the knee together. So would he have just died for you? I don't know. That's a silly experiment. He didn't. He died for a lot of people that you might not like today. And guess what? That is your problem, not God's. 
And so you and I have got to get to the place to where we go, wow, hold on. So if I process all this, you're telling me that when I trusted in Christ, I trusted to be part of a bigger family that is diverse and global, and it's not separated by all the things that we use to separate. Yeah, like division's a man invention. Unity is a God thing. And so you and I need to operate on this plane where we realize, wow, hold on. What would it look like? What does it look like if I love my neighbor and my neighbor is different? What does it look like if I love my neighbor and they're poor? What does it look like if I love my neighbor and they're rich and famous? I don't know their story. I shouldn't demonize them just because they have money. I shouldn't demonize them because they live in Beverly Hills or something. I, no. I shouldn't demonize anybody if I don't know them. I, I don't know. I need to be a human that walks around and values other humans and realizes that, you know what? Everybody's my brother and sister, especially if they'll claim the name of Christ. But even up until then, they have the potential. So why would I want to ruin that? Why would I want to be a person that treats people in such a way that they run away from my God? I should treat people in such a way that they are attracted to Jesus. And my prayers, they become my brother and sister in Christ. But other than that, they're certainly my brother and sister in humanity. Why can't I treat them with love? Let me figure out what that is. In Christ, we are individuals, but we're not only individuals. In the Western church, we've lost, we've done great harm to understanding who God is. You know who God is? He's triune. God himself describes himself as three and one, one and three. Like, God himself is triune. We can't be selfish. What the church is, the church is the body. It's all of us together. We can't be selfish. What's faith about? Faith is about you trusting in Christ, what, and then dying, stopping there? No, faith is that you trust in Christ, and then you reduce, reproduce yourself in the life of another person who hasn't yet done that. You know what that means? That means your entire faith is depending on the other. That means your entire faith is built on the idea that God meets Tolly, changes Tolly from the inside, and sends Tolly out on mission to help change other people's lives for the better. It's my whole faith. But if I'm individualistic, if I'm self-centered, that'll never be my story. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to this body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear said, hey, I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as, as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. Who chose? He did. How you're designed, that's his design. Don't run from that. Embrace it. Be, be that person that God designed you to be. So long as it's sinful, so long as it isn't sinful, it's, it's God glorifying. Like, be all of that. If you're from, um, uh, we have people in this, I'm looking at people, I don't want to single them out, but people from Africa and Central America, like, embrace that. Like, bring that to the body and use that gifts. Whatever gifts you have, use those gifts as a part of this body. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would this body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. In Christ, there are no orphans, lone rangers, or superheroes. In Christ, there are no lone rangers, orphans, or superheroes. I want to encourage you today with understanding that you're a part of the body to understand, you know what? I have something to contribute. I'm going to give you a quick list as we close. What does this mean for application for me? One, you matter to God. You matter to God. It said that he gave you the design you have to be a part of this body as he chose. 
So what that means is like, whatever it is that you're battling and wish you looked like somebody else or wish you acted like somebody else or wish you were someone else, stop it. You need to fully embrace the fact that he chose you to be you. Celebrate that joint. Like embrace that. Be that. Live that. I realize I'm a a Caucasian kid that grew up in the projects of inner city Baltimore. Like that's weird. It's weird for me. Like I've had to then go outside, get it. My first person to graduate um, high school and my whole family tree, the first to not be addicted to a drug or an alcohol, like the first to do a lot. It's all weird. But instead of saying, gee, I don't know about that. No, no, I'm going to embrace it. He chose this life for me. So I'm going to live this out. I'm going to figure out how I can use it to glorify him. I'm not going to run from it and try to be somebody else. I'm going to be me. And you know what part of that means? Part of that means not everybody's going to like you. That's okay. They miss the party. They miss the party. Like you need to go be the person God designed you to be. So you matter to God because he designed you. Number two, he designed you. You have a role to play in the body of Christ. None of us are, are absent of a responsibility or a role. None of us. And so if you do find yourself today after this message, you do find yourself going, gee, I really am not being very effective as a part of this body. Captivate or the body of Christ as a whole. And I really kind of am kind of floating on my own. Listen, I'm not worried about yesterday. As your pastor, I want to lovingly challenge you to make the change today. Be like Michael Jackson in that way, in that way only. Make that change. We need you and you need us. We need you. I want you to hear this clearly, church. We need you. As a church where God's called us to be, where God's called us to be for the city, we need you. There's no politician you're going to vote for that's going to make a difference at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you might get a good year and a half of people doing what you want in, in the policy. And then guess what? Goes the other way. It's how we work right now. So get over it. Stop investing that into your solution. Make your solution who you love. Make your solution how some of us in this room have. People that we've mentored from the time that they were little kids. And now we're watching them as young adults go through college or get the first job. Make that your solution. Make that your solution. And say, hey, I'm going to change the world around me. I'm going to help this one. We're better together. It's another thing you need to hear today. We're better together. You also need to hear this. Obedience matters. Obedience matters. It does matter whether or not you choose to obey Jesus Christ and be a part of his body. That absolutely matters. We can't keep getting a pass. And that's where this last one is. The stakes are high and ignorance is no longer an excuse. Meaning if you walked in and you didn't realize that this was a serious central tenet of Christianity, that I'm a part of a body, and, and, and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that like, God designed me a certain way to be a part of something bigger than myself, to go out and to be a change agent for the world. The whole world's looking around saying, man, where's love? Where's the love? Where's the love? You know where love is? Love is in Christ. John 17, Jesus prayed for you. Go read it yourself. He said, I'm not only praying for my disciples that are with me right now. He said, I'm praying for the ones that are yet to come. And he said, I'm praying that those people will be just as united as one, as we are one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This was Jesus' prayer right before he went to the cross. He said, God in heaven, would you make these people united as one? So when the world sees them, the world might want to become part of that. 
And so when you and I are disobedient and we're not united and we're not serving and loving and caring and we're not connected to our brothers or sisters and we don't care about other people and what they're going through, when we are that way, we are being disobedient to Jesus. Not to Pastor Tolly, not to the church, not to the Catholic church or whatever denomination you want to claim, not to any of that. It's Jesus. And so as a result, you and I should fall in love with the body of Christ because we're falling in love with the bride of Christ. We're falling in love with Christ as our head and you and me connected as the members of his body. There's a lost and dying world that needs the hope of the gospel. If there's anything you could take away from watching stuff on the news and people are just like, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? You know what I'm going to do about it? I'm going to grab a hold of somebody I love that needs a mentor tighter. And I'm going to invest more into to people around me. And I'm going to encourage people and implore them to go do the same. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on Twitter Quit being a keyboard warrior. Just obey Jesus and go out and love somebody nearby. Because I got news for you. Like at the end of the day, we're all going to be held account for what we know. And what we know is we're a part of a body that's supposed to represent Christ in this world. And what we know is we no longer have an excuse. Ignorance is not an excuse. Be yourself. But be a part of the change that the world is begging for. Be a part of the body of Christ. Play a part in the body of Christ. Give yourself over to Jesus Christ. Let him change you as he's changing the world around you. That's what it means to be a Christian.